listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Big show coming up on Footy Talk. Gordy, the Tigers, 15 minutes of good footy. What happened? Well, let's just get into what happened or what went wrong for them. But more importantly, the fans, the food fans (laughs) at Belmore, they were outstanding. Hello and welcome to another Monday edition of Footy Talk. Emma Lawrence joined by Gordon Tallis and Gordy. We were both at Belmore Oval yesterday. I almost don't even know where to start with this game. That 15-minute period where the Tigers clawed their way back. Was it signs of what we could see from the Tigers or was that just a little bit of a, a lull from the Bulldogs? Well, it was strange because we were sitting there and we were calling her on the M's and Norfoluma gets replaced and then they move Dewey back to fullback and Staines onto the wing. But that's when they started to attack their best. Was it Wakeham or was it they started playing off Appy Coruscant through the middle of the ruck? I thought, you know, sometimes the Tigers yesterday were trying to be a little bit too cute and a little bit too fancy and go around and put on their plays without earning the right go through the middle. They bought Appy because of his deception with the football with you know, he's probably arguably one of the best number nines in the game there, if not the best. So play off him. And then when they started playing through the middle, they looked really dangerous. Even Luke Brooks run off him once to go through. And I thought that's when they looked the best. So is there a shake-up? Is there a move of positions? You know, does Dewey stay at fullback? Does Wakeham? But that's when they looked their best. When they played off Appy, it was called Appy Ball. Mate, whenever he takes off, the triggers go and everybody just finds a hole or finds a gap and just start running off him. A couple of times he did it in the first half. And no one ran off him. And then in the second half, when they looked the best, when it was Appy Ball. So, yeah, the Tigers, they nearly stole it at the death. Um, and it was a, and, you know, their last 20 minutes was probably the best 20 minutes of football they've played all year. It was interesting that Tim Sheens in the press conference afterwards didn't want to justify that move and was pushed a couple of times by the journalists and said, I don't need to explain why I made the decision. But if you were Tim Sheens, would you have to find a way to start Brandon Wakeham? Well, I don't know whether it was Wakeham or it was Appy. I thought, you know, the way they just started, you know, it was a hot day when they started working the dogs over in the middle of the ruck and they were going through the middle. That's when they looked their best. So is it Wakeham? Is it Dewey? Is it whatever it is? So I'm a bit on Tim Sheen's side. He doesn't have to say why he made the decision, but it just worked in the end. you got a fresh guy. You need to get points. You throw on an attacker, you know, Norfoluma hasn't really hit the ground running this year, you know. He he, And he just replaced the winger. You put, you know, a like for like, so then Staines goes on the wing and then they get Wakeham in around some fresh legs around the tired guys in the middle. I think it's – most coaches do that, don't they? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, Tigers fans, they're naturally already thinking, oh, I mean, 0-3, they've got a tough draw coming up in the next few weeks. They've got yeah. Melbourne. So they've got Melbourne, Brisbane. Eels, bye. They've got Manly. the bye. They'll get two points there. <laughs> yes. Well, at the moment, the, that might be a draw. <laughs> right? what do you, so they've got you... the Storm, right? Yeah. So you being a Tigers fan, do you think they'll beat the Storm? I don't know. But they get the Storm at the probably the best time, don't yeah. they? But Storm, right? given Storm are coming off two losses and they're at home, yeah. when does a Craig Bellamy side lose three in a row? When do they lose two? Well, they did. Yeah. So when do they lose three? Do they beat the Broncos? Oh, and Munster is apparently back, so... Right. That's and then you've got the sign. Eels. 
the bye. Then you got Manly, you got Panthers, and then you got the Dragons. That's the first 10 rounds. They need to at least win three of those. Do you see them now as early? But this, it's very early. Very early. Uh, well, but the there's already chat the about moment, a yeah. wooden spoon. Yeah, there's a couple of teams that have struggled with their combinations. The Knights are another side that are, you know, uh, that are struggling at the moment and with injuries. I thought Bateman was a huge positive yesterday, you know, to, you know, to get acclimatised and it's like the hottest day I think I've had <laughs> in Sydney in my life. So, oh yeah, so it's been really cool weather and you throw him out in the hottest. But I, I, um, it's really hard to say because their last, if I cling on to the hope and if I'm a Tigers fan and I'm a tragic and I look at the last 15 or minutes of the game, I like what I saw from my side. But where was that in the first 15 minutes? Yeah. They're the questions you ask. Or where was that for the full 80 minutes? It's not the first 15 minutes, it's the full 80 minutes. And and then you ask yourself, well, did the did the dogs put the cue in the rack? Did they take the foot off the accelerator? I thought the dogs let them back in. They started kicking in a touch. I saw um, Reed Marnie do it once and Burton do it. It just allowed the Tigers to reset, collect their thoughts and, you know, get back into their patterns. I, I thought that the dogs could have went for the kill yesterday and they didn't. So I'd be really disappointed if I was a dogs fan and it was a, you know, it was a nervous 20 minutes. You mentioned... But I'm not going to write the Tigers off yeah. here because I, I, I just think they've got new coaches. They're a little bit confused out there, but there can only be one boss and I'd make Appy the boss of the team. I'd, and I would centre all of our attack around him. Once you penetrate through the middle, the gaps will be out wide and if you call the ball, you must have a play on. Mm-hmm. You men- Simple. You mentioned Bateman. Now that he's had one game, surely he's going to be one of the players that lifts that side because you could see his talk out there. He was getting stuck into the opposition, like Reed Marnie. He was getting under Reed Marnie's skin, yep. and then he almost scored a try but fumbled it over the line. So surely he is going to be a huge addition now that he's got that first game under his belt. Sitting with James Graham yesterday, no one knows him better than the Englishman mm. and just how much of a competitor he is. Like I saw how how like lean he looks. I'm thinking, God, geez, he's a bit lean because of the size of the back rolls these mm. days. But he doesn't look out of place. He was a shining light. He started on the right edge and then he pushed back in and he started going through the middle and just with his footwork and his, you know, deception with his runs and the mixes that he has in his runs, he started to poke his natural. He, he was a shining light, but... I don't think it can all be around him, but you think that if he can get a little combination with Appy and, you know, a bit like the Isaiah Yeo, that when he gets the ball and he plays straight off that, it's Appy ball, and then wherever he goes, everybody hits a hole because he finds his front, he gets a really quick play of the ball, he's got a great offload in him, and he's got that X factor. Like, you know, how many back rowers have the vision to see that, to put the kick in, and he kicked it again, so the skill, that's a little soccer coming at him, the Englishman's soccer mm-hmm. skills, but... Yeah, he's got a fair bit of X factor about him. So uh, I like what I saw. I just thought that, you know, when you go back in the age and, uh, you know, and he's a smaller body and he squeezed a lot out of the orange, how much does he have left? But yesterday he shows in his first game, Mark and Kikau over there on that edge in defence. I think he did a really good job. I think it's definitely uh, something to be excited about for Tigers fans, that is for sure. In terms of the dogs, like what a turnaround they've had last year. Fair to say they were one of the worst attacking teams in the competition. Sure, they've got new players and a new coach, but yeah. how exciting were they to watch when, particularly that left edge with Burden, Kickout, even Fox and that young Alamotti were putting on a show? It was outstanding early. Like, the say, the first five touches of Big Vili Army was, 
were outstanding because mm. I like old school, earn the right to play footy, you know, make your first couple of touches, have a real strong carry, you know, get hit around. His first touch he taps on. The second touch, I think he has beautiful hands, Molly, and he goes through. And the, and the third touch, he puts on a big left foot step and sets up a try. Like he's a, like, like the skill level that Kikau has come into the competition. And I remember watching him play at Penrith one day and I was calling it with Gerds and, you know, he seemed to get injured and he was laying down as this big guy. And I'm thinking, well, you know, there was some sort of raps on him to see how far his game has developed and where he's taken it to. Like the skill level, like his hands are as silky as mm. anybody that's played the game. Like some of those passes that he throws under pressure, then his vision to catch and straight and do all the things. I, But he's a rock star. And Burton, I think Burton, like the players that I hated playing against were natural runners, right? So, you know, you'd have trouble with Ben Hunt because they want to take you on. And Laurie Daly was probably the hardest guy. I always say the hardest guy because I used to defend four, so normally the playmakers were opposite me. Mm -hmm. And Laurie Daly was one of the hardest players to mark because he was so big, so fast. And he's just a wonderful player, but he wanted to run and take you on first. And Burton did that yesterday. And I think that's his blueprint. I think... I think with Kikau on the outside, it's a double prong, so he can either hit Kikau, who is such a handful, or he goes himself on the smaller guy, you know, or like the guy that wants to leave early to help the centre or the 5-8 tackle Kikau. So they've got a lot of skill on that side, and um, and it certainly worked yesterday. So like when they went to it and they opened their game up, it would be really hard to defend. And it's only going to get better. Do you see the dogs, are they a top eight side from what you've seen in the first few rounds? Um, not sure. Not their last 20 minutes. A top eight side puts the Tigers away. Yeah. A side goes from, you know, 20 to 40. You know I mean? Like a really good side yesterday. Like a side that has the killer instinct puts them to bed. But they left the door open. The really good sides don't do that. So the first 60 minutes, I think that they're close to a top eight side. Their last 20 minutes, I'd say no. And the game goes for 80 minutes. So it wasn't a great 80-minute performance and, you know, you, you didn't have to be Einstein to work that out. But if I was the dogs, I'd really like the first 60. But if I'm Cameron Serraldo, I'm giving them a kick up the backside for the last 20. All right. Well, up next, we're going to talk about the beauty of Belmore Oval. Should we play more games at Suburban Grounds? <laughs> All right, Gordy. So we had 16,000 fans at Belmore Oval. It was a sea of blue and white on the hill. They had the drums going for multicultural round. It was, it almost gave you goosebumps to be there. And we revisit this argument, I guess, every time we have a great game at, say, a Leichhardt Oval. But would you like to see more games at these suburban grounds? I like seeing it more than I like seeing the big empty stadium. But when you but when you see those big stadiums, and I know we, you know, we always talk about Homebush, but how many fans did we lock out yesterday? Mm. And if the dogs start going and it's only 16,000, and I know they might play at Homebush and they get 30, I know it looks empty because it holds 80, but I'd rather 30,000 fans at a game. So as much as the romance was yesterday, the food trucks were fantastic. It was a great day, I think, but why it works, it's because it's only a couple of times a year. Yeah. You know, and then Leichhardt, you know, I mean, like Leichhardt, there's nothing better on a Sunday than you sitting at home looking at Leichhardt, but if you're there and you've got your kids, 
Yeah, I mean, going to the toilet, getting them a drink. Like, if you've got a young kid that wants a drink or whatever, like, you're missing half of the game, I heard, from all the lineups and mm. stuff like that. So I think there's still a place for you to go back to your traditional home and, you know, play the one-offs. And, you know, if you're playing a side that doesn't draw like a big crowd, but um, I wouldn't be looking back to go back there permanently, no. Do you think almost – you mentioned the fact that it's because it's rare, it's so special. Do you think having games at those grounds each and every week, it would lose a little bit of the aura? Well, it would lose its shine. So yeah. yesterday was absolutely fantastic. The crowd was like – there was just a sea of blue and white. Um, I rang a couple of mates. They said, oh, my God, how good was that? You know what I mean? Like, and just just like listening to it on the call because they were driving and it was electric there yesterday. But if you had to take your kids there every week, would you do it? Like the blokes like, – like the people over the other side sitting in that sun for five hours? Mm. Like on a grassy hill? I don't know. That's it's probably a question for the fans, but would they keep on turning up? And if it rains, do they turn up? So I I, uh, I liked it yesterday. There was a fair bit of romance. I felt a bit of nostalgia walking in the ground and I walked through and like the family and all their slogans and you can see that it means a lot, Belmore, to the Bulldogs, but I don't think that, you know, that they'd like to go back there every week. And do they make a lot of money going back there? Well, that's the issue. No, they generally playing at those grounds costs a club money. So that's yeah, yeah. one of the big reasons too that yeah. it's just not financially viable to be able to do that. Well, there you go. So there's your answer, Emma. <laughs> that's the – it's all about the dollars in the end. Oh, well, well, well yeah, and it's more comfortable because I yeah. remember when the – I never played at Lang Park for the Broncos and I always wanted to play at Lang Park. So I played there for Queensland but – you know, the families were starting to ride in and they, they didn't want to sit out on the concrete out, uh, outer. So if they didn't get tickets in the stand, there was a concrete outer and it wasn't a family-friendly sort of place to go. Well, then mm. we moved out to ANZ, so we played down the road and they built Suncorp Stadium. Well, now there's 52,000 there. Yeah. You know, like this week, you know, like there's going to be 52,000. So, you know, the right decision for families to want to go is, you know, you know, you don't have to line up together to all get food and all that kind of stuff. And it's a better experience. And that's what you really need. And that's what the new stadiums do. And Sydney have them now. Like you talk to anybody that's been to Allianz, you know, some of the fans want to live there. And then, <laughs> no, but, and then I'm jealous because I, because I haven't called a game. I haven't been to that stadium yet, but it just looks so good. Like it looks like, and it's about time that the rugby league fans have something that they can go there and they're proud of and they can go watch their team. There's no bad seat. They don't have to line up. They can take their kids. It's easy access in and out. They can take them to the toilet, get them a drink or do whatever, and they're comfortable. Yeah. It's the beauty of a stadium. Well, Triple M will have to sort you out. The next game there, fly you We're down. Mm-hmm. First class. First class. Oh, well, I might even sit on the sideline, Em. <laughs> You can kick kick Reedy off his sideline gig. Um, (laughs) Taking a look at the ladder after three rounds, and who would have thought it would be the Broncos and the Dolphins sitting on equal first, the only two sides that are three from three. uh, Manly up there, but they've obviously had the bye in there. And then you've got sides like, I mean, it's round three. Bunnies, Sharks, Cowboys, Eels, all outside the eight. Are you concerned at all? If you're all those sides after round three. No, no, no. Round, round 13, you probably have to pull the whip out and start cracking. No, I I love the competition. I like that you got to turn up each week. I like that the Dolphins have started. Who would have thought mm. that it's a top-of-the-table clash? I, I, You know, people might have been thinking that, you know, Dolphins, 
you know, might be trying for their first win against Brisbane, but they've won three in a row and, you know, a top of the table. If I would have said that before a ball was kicked, mm-hmm. they would have put me in a padded cell, <laughs> you know. And then I just think, you know, with the new team coming in, how the rosters all changed in the off-season, how, you know, they had to go find 30 players. I think it's really evened up the competition. I really do think that that the top teams have come back to the field a little bit, which gives all those teams that were outside the eight um, a chance because, you know, they've lost some talents. If you look at the Tigers, you know, they nearly turned that game around yesterday within 20-odd minutes. So you've got to be on your game for the full 80. An early prediction for the very first battle of Brisbane. What do you think, I think Brisbane. I really like the way the Dolphins have gone about their business. They've They've been getting the Ws without being brilliant. You know, like uh, the Roosters, they were fantastic against the Roosters, uh, a little bit clunky against the Raiders, and they got a good win against the Knights. But um, the way Brisbane have started, you would think Brisbane would win. I think the way Brisbane have been defending and attacking and putting, you know, the score lines what they have on a couple of quality football sides, you would think that the Broncos have a bit too much in the Battle of Brisbane. And they're also, well, the Dolphins are hoping to get a downgrade for Felice Cafusi. So I guess. Yeah, I'm a bit mixed on that. Like, I, I, you know, yes and no. I haven't really had a great look at Mm. the tackle. Like, watching it live, I thought he just hits him in the shoulder. But if he gets any sort of contact with the head, um, we saw with Wade Graham, it's hard to get a downgrade now. Felice, I love the way he plays. I never want him to. But someone said that his rap sheet's not that great either. Yeah. I think he's got a few prize. So, so like, it's really hard when you've been sent to the office all your life as a kid and you you do something that's not that bad. I think they remember everything else that you've done. (laughs) That's the way it works. (laughs) That's the way it works. It would be unfortunate not to have him there for the first Battle of Brisbane. But, anyway, that's life. We've got a massive week uh, to look forward to. So, Gordy, as always, you're going to be there, are you, for the Battle of Brisbane? Absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't miss it. We're calling on the M. So, uh, it's, look, it is buzzing. And, and, I, and I said it the first couple of weeks, like the amount of people, like when we were doing the trial matches and we're up around, you know, the sunny coast and I went to watch the first game, the Capras versus the Dolphins and just the buzz, the amount of rugby league year around and just the talk and everybody asked me, oh, mate, what's Wayne going to do with the Dolphins? And, <laughs> well, now they've watched them for the first three games. Can the Dolphins beat the Broncos? I said, mate, we'll just tune in on Friday night and watch it. How, mate, how, how do I know? Whichever team plays the best is going to win that game. But, yeah, so the buzz around uh, Brisbane, and who would have thought a sellout? The Dolphins selling out 50,000. Crazy. 51,500 or 52,500, I think, Suncorp holds. So hopefully there's not a spare seat in the house. Well, you enjoy the match. Enjoy the build-up this week in Brisbane. And we'll have plenty to dissect next week on your Monday edition of Footy Talk.